Hi, everybody. Chris Giles here from Real Sales Talk. We're blessed to have Matt Critchell here, Vice President of eCompliance. He's going to talk a little bit about today, but the different types of sales out there, whether you're enterprise sales, corporate sales, or for that matter, SaaS sales. Looking forward to speaking to Matt Critchell today and find out what drives his sales world. Welcome, Matt. Thanks, Chris. Happy to be here. Well, that's awesome. We're super excited. I, I'm really, uh, really proud of your recent promotion to Vice President. It seems like things are moving along well at eCompliance. Yeah, we're uh, we're a hyper growth mode. Uh, things are fast, and uh, it's a fun time to be at eCompliance. Awesome. Why don't you just take a couple minutes here, Matt, and tell us a little bit about yourself and let the people know, and then we'll get started right here with Real Sales Talk. For sure. So a little bit about me. Uh, Chris mentioned Vice President of Sales at eCompliance. We're a SaaS company downtown Toronto, but uh, that's not where it started for me. Uh, started in uh, commercial sales for a big public company called Canon. I'm sure everyone's familiar with it. Um, you know, worked from commercial sales to corporate sales to national sales. Um, then I, I, I transitioned from there to another publicly traded company, Element Financial Corp. Um, started there in sales, then worked myself up to management there. Then you know decided at, at some point or other to to make the leap to to safe or uh, software and SaaS. Um, yeah, so it's exciting. It's been a journey. Excellent, awesome. And uh, so how we do this, as you well know, we start out with five questions. These five questions help to define who the person is. We always find, and it helps for those out there to realize that the smallest little things in the world sometimes define us. So my first question to you is: What is a positive word you like or live by? Yeah, uh, this was a tough one for me. I'd, I'd say that probably one of the most important words for me and in, in SaaS in general is growth. Okay. Um, if if you're not growing, you're you're dying on the vine. Uh, so what what's extremely important in SaaS and software is, is obviously growth, as it is in most business as well. Yeah, and you find the growth is also it permeates into your personal life as well, right? It's just it's everywhere, right? You're- for sure, you know, be, being a dad and, and having two young kids and and watching them grow, uh, growth is all around me every day. So awesome. whether I take it home with me or it's it's at work, uh, growth, growth is important. Growth's the word. And uh, what would be a negative word you do not like? I'd say status quo uh, is a negative word for me that that kind of rubs me the wrong way. Uh, there's so many elements in sales that is, is difficult. Um, there's so much competition out there, um, and I hate losing to status quo. And status quo to me means, you know, we're going to keep doing things the way we've always done it. Right. Uh, so that means we fail the salespeople. So I hate hearing that word. Got it. So growth expectations are high. Status quo, we're not going to put up with it. Absolutely. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And so a hero in your world that drives you? Yeah, I'd have to say uh, there's many of them, but if, if I had to narrow it down to, to probably the one that I, I look to and, and I'm astonished by is Elon Musk. The good, the bad, the ugly with, <laughs> with Elon Musk. Uh, he's a pretty exciting character to watch and mm-hmm. watch his growth. Yeah. Um, you know, he's taken some some pretty structured industries and turn them on their head. Yeah. Um, companies or, or industries that are over 100 years old and, and really uh, change the way that, that people uh, procure and, and drive vehicles. So to me, um, you know, coming from a vehicle background as well, uh, that's someone that I, I often tune into. He, he is remarkable, isn't he? Yeah. You know, he's not, you're not the first person to mention him on Real Sales Talk. Isn't that interesting? Really? All the people in the world. I, I, I want to say he's the second. That's the second or third time he's been mentioned. Interesting. Uh, my son, uh, Connor, also is a huge fan of him. Myself, I'm fascinated by him. I wish we had a little more Elon Musk in the world. Me too. Um, what's a dream of yours? What's a dream that, that Matt Critchell's driving and striving towards? Yeah, I think a dream for me, uh, cliche or not, um, maybe a little bit old school, but is is mortgage free by by the year, uh, by the time I'm forty. So, okay. you know, I, I always uh, attribute success, personal success of of being free and fancy free and and not being strapped to a bank. So, you know, the sooner I can do that for my family, uh, the more important that'll that'll be for for us going forward. 
that seems like a reality all around the corner if that growth keeps up and yeah. drop the status quo. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so what's a valuable business lesson that you've picked up with and that you'd like to share with us here that somebody maybe taught you and you you know you've learned or whatever? Yeah, Chris, you, you said one of the themes that we're gonna talk about today is, you know, being the enterprise or corporate world and going to SaaS. So I think being adaptable to change is, is critical today. Um, you know, you're seeing sales as an industry change so rapidly. You're seeing the way that buyers buy product um, change so rapidly. So I think being adaptable to change, taking risks um, is going to be extremely important. That's the lessons that I've learned and, you know, presidents and, and leaders have, have been able to distill down to me and, and help me with. Cool. So just to recap, <clears throat> growth is the one that word that drives you. The status quo is, of course, not acceptable. I feel the same way. If the status quo is acceptable, then why are we wasting today? It goes with my carpe diem philosophy of let's get her done. Absolutely. Elon Musk, I mean, you talk about a, a, a adaptable. Holy moly, that guy's the epitome of it. So you're following a theme here, it looks like. The, the idea of taking care of your family is a wonderful dream, and I think it's a reality for you. It looks like you're well on your way to making that happen. I think once you pay off the house, the only problem is you do have a cottage coming. Absolutely. <laughs> Bill, yeah, I got I to gotta pay off the house to get the cottage. And then you get the university. you got some other uh, things yeah. to come, but that's okay. Yeah. And then the valuable lesson goes back to, I think, really what you talked about in the growth and the status quo and Elon Musk is that adaptability, which is something that, you know, it's funny as an employer myself, People always ask me for the instructions, and I'm always so nervous to give them the instructions more so than give them the concept. And I think in today's society, we have to really be receptive to the fact that a change is inevitable. Look at the SaaS softwares. Look at what's happening with cell phones. Look at what's happening in our world. Change is, is going to erupt around us here. Wonderful. That tells a little bit about Matt. Happy to have you, as I mentioned. Let's get into some of the business stuff. As you well know, we talk about some business elements here. I'm going to get you to teach some lessons, hopefully help some of the people out there that are either looking to understand what happens in the world, but also just talking about sales in general. And then we're going to get into the end a little bit of make a difference. So thank you so much again. Sure. So let's start off with, uh, you know, one of the key things that I always thought was, what's a key lesson that you follow daily that helps to drive you? Yeah, I'd say that um, an old saying that I'll, I'll, I'll um, provide here is if you if you want to run fast, go alone. If you want to, you know, run far, go together. So sales as a like whole that. is is typically um, an individual sport per se. But you know, if I look at my team and the most successful salespeople that I've been around, um, they have a unique ability to get everyone involved, right? And although you're, you're quota bearing as an individual. Um, the more collaborative you can be with your team, whether that's success, whether that's product, engineering, dev development, um, they have a unique way to, to get all these people um, invested in them and engaged in every yeah. sales cycle. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, earlier in my career, I, I um, put my head down and, and ran through everyone that I could uh, to hit my numbers. But, you know, I slowly started to learn as moving into leadership roles that, you know, you need everyone on the bus to yeah. be successful. So it's so true, you know. It, it's interesting. What was that? What was, give me that statement again. That's a good one. Yeah. If you want to run fast, go alone. If you want to run far, go together. And I, I think, you know, that really makes a lot of sense. That that, that run fast alone it can it symbolizes almost selfishness, right? Mm -hmm. it, it and that that is the case. Sometimes we have to be a little bit selfish in sales. But whenever you can share, or for that matter, teach other people around you, or for that matter, share the information they've given you and make yourself better. It's so much more effective. As a leader, of course, that's challenging. What are some of the lessons that you've learned teaching people from, what are the, some of the best lessons you've learned from some of the teachers you've been taught by? What some of the things that maybe, give us three, ten, three things that you think somebody's given you over time. Yeah, I'd say um, patience is probably one. Um, 
you know, in, in my career, if you look back and not to say that it's the right way, um, there, there's many ways to, to be successful in business, but, you know, patience, trust in the process. Yeah. Um, you know, I work with an executive coach that, um, has, has constantly reinforced, uh, build the plan, work the plan. Right. So, you know, put the time up front to, to make sure that plan is built and then just focus on working that plan and not deviating too much from it. Obviously, yeah. there's there's going to be times where you have deviation is going to be normal, but um, really slowing down to speed up again with with my, the theme I just talked about before. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd say another one is is collaboration as well. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at the success my team has um, and my company has is is it's not just a sales game. It's an everyone game. We're all right. running. So one team, one goal is extremely important in my business and every yeah. business. Yeah. Um, and then again, you know, that, that patience thing, I think that I, I, I talked about, um, is going to be patience and making sure that you're doing the right things and not panicking, just controlling the environment, getting that collaboration, getting that growth, getting everybody working together, not just reduce the panic, being the leader, right? Like being that person that can really take charge. For Excellent. sure. For sure. Excellent. Well, you know, I, I think it's, these are great lessons. And every time I hear this, I love your, your one comment, run or run alone or run together. I think that's that, that every time I do a podcast, like this, there's always something that somebody says, I'm like, that's it. That, I own that now and that's a good one and i think that too many people don't recognize that the manager of a team has to behave like that but so does the team too right For so sure. does the team because if there's if there's everybody's individual team and the manager got to bring them together it's just too tough mm-hmm. so maybe i always love with this podcast because you get a chance to say thank you to some people what did the best manager help you to do in your career what what did they do that helped you and and you know maybe that helps somebody else to do a better job out there so maybe give some examples if you don't mind as well a little bit of detail within reason yeah for 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 sure so you know i've had a lot of um people help me along the way obviously to help me be successful from family to friends to colleagues to to managers to to leaders um i'd say the number one thing that um sticks out for me is a previous president of mine um, really encouraged me to step outside my comfort zone. You know, that I was going to get the best um, out of myself if I was outside of my comfort zone. It wasn't yeah. status quo anymore. So, you know, what what he provided the opportunity um, of was to move my family uh, with my newborn um, across the country to Alberta. Um, at a very uh, pivotal time in, in, in both my wife and, and our lives, um, as we just had a one-month-old, no family, no structure, no support system. Um, but I learned a lot. Uh, I went out there in an economic or an oil and gas recession as well. So I learned a lot, not only about myself and, and my family, but you know, in, in business too. And um, you know, if, if I had to do it over, I'd do it again 10 times. Yeah. Um, so the biggest and, risk you took turned out to be the greatest reward. It was, and it really accelerated my career as well. Um, you know, if I stayed status quo in my current environment, I would have um, maybe taken me five years to accelerate to that management or that leadership role where going out west and taking that sh- leap of faith and that shot really accelerated me to where I am today. Wonderful. Yeah, it's a great, you know, and, and I think your manager there did a good job by pushing you a little bit further. And that's our job is, as people is to help those around us. So many people, goes back to that status quo. Some people are nervous about change. And they don't realize the change is happening anyways, whether they control it or not. So whether you control it or somebody else's. In that case, that was a big risk for you and your family. There was an easy no there. You could have easily gotten another job. Yeah. And you said, no, I'll do it. And mm-hmm. in the end, that, that was the one. So good message out there for people. Sometimes that most challenging one that you have to think about. And maybe you have to work the family a little bit into. Maybe that's the one that accelerates. Great point. Um, you know, one of the things that we talk about always on this situation is is sales is tough because people are putting up obstacles. Mm-hmm. Whether it's 
you know, even your kids, as you mentioned, like you got the young kids there. They're, they're, I'm sure they're not wishing to go to bed. No. The obstacles, the objections, they're everywhere. Um, how do you find dealing with objections? How do you deal with them? What's some good lessons out there? Yeah, I'd say, um, you know, if I look back at uh, not only my career, but my life and competitive sports, objections are everywhere. They're yeah. going to be everywhere your whole life. Um, you know, if, if, if you're not... Um, strong enough to deal with objections, sales isn't going to be a career for you because right. it's left, right, center. It's in your face every day. Um, you know, objections have, have made me the man and the professional I am today. Um, you know, you're not fast enough. Uh, you're not smart enough. Um, you know, you haven't done this long enough. Um, those things fuel my fire. So, you know, anyone out there that uh, is facing objections, which everyone will every day, is my advice to them would be, um, use it as a uh, fire starter or fuel and, and just run. Um, use that as motivation because there's no, be mo no better motivation than objections. Yeah. I think, what, I think what they're, I mean, sometimes they're right and they, you're able to adjust to the objection, right? Sure. And that teaches you, and I always say, find out, whenever there's an objection, find out the root cause, right? Mm -hmm. And then if the, if the root cause is that, that, that there is truly an objection, you need to solve it. And sometimes it's just people being op opposition, you know? How do you deal with the person that just says no because they say no because they want to remain status quo? How do you deal with them? Yeah, I think you have to determine and, and, and step back and take a 30,000 foot view is, is it, what's the reasoning or, or what's, you know, the rationale behind the no? Um, is it that they're having a bad day? Is it that, you know, they don't have the, the authority to make the decision? Um, is it that the decision that they previously made uh, to purchase that solution, let's say, is, is on their shoulders? Yeah. So if they say, hey, I need to go back and, and say, you know, I made a mistake, uh, what, what's, what's the rationale behind it? So I think if you really take a step back, you include uh, perspective from other people around you, yeah. I think that you can, you can turn that objection into a positive for sure. Now, going back to, we talked about the corporate versus SaaS. Have the objections changed in the SaaS model as opposed to when you're at the corporate world? Not are they, they say it's still the same. Yeah, I, I'd say it's it's consistent. Um, you know, buyers are much more educated today uh, than they were when I started my career. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in a lead gen world, uh, most of the buyers are coming inbound, so they've already you know researched. They know what they're looking for. Um, they've probably even looked at three or four other solutions. Um, so I'd say, you know, status quo still exists today. Uh, competition still exists, obviously, heavily today. Yeah. Uh, there's always going to be cheaper solutions out there. Um, so, no, I, I don't think from a sales perspective that it's changed too much um, from an objection uh, perspective. You just got to continue to work through them. Excellent. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think one of the things that I've heard from you here is that your expectations of the objections are going to be there more so than you're disappointed that they're there. You're like, this is going to happen. That's it. Perfect. Um, how have you worked to improve your selling skills as you've gone through these different situations, improved in management, what have you? How have you improved your selling skills? Yeah, so so I attribute uh, selling skills or, or, or sales to almost professional sports, right? Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at the, the top athletes in the world, um, they really get out of it what they put into it. So, right. you know, the, the Michael Jordans, the LeBron James, the Sidney Crosbys, um, you know, I attribute this to, to time on the rink or in the bullpen um, or, or batting practice to almost sales skills, right? So, so if I swing it around to myself, I'm always learning, uh, you know, whether I'm, I'm listening to a podcast or I'm doing something like this or I'm going to a conference collision or whatever it might be um, to try to just be a sponge. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I use mentors as well. I use an executive coach that helps me process and work through things and slow down. Um, so, you know, I'm always trying to learn. Um, in, in SaaS especially, 
there's always a better way of doing it. Um, seems, that, like that would, seems like the SAS is a race to the finish line, and the finish line gets closer almost every day. Yeah, for sure. And I yeah. think the, the major difference between the corporate world and the SaaS world is, you know, there's process already structured. Um, there's, you know, bureaucracy. Um, there's red tape. And in the SaaS world, it's so fast, and you have to do, you have to be so nimble that um, if there's a better way to do it, let's wrap it up, let's do it, and let's lock it in and go forward, yeah, right? Yeah. But tomorrow there might be a new way of doing it. Yeah. So it's just being nimble, I think, is Excellent. important. And, and when you're helping your salespeople sell in, in the SaaS model versus the, uh, the, the enterprise model, I guess it, it's changed again. Is, or is it very similar? Um, no, I would say, you know, for, in my specific industry, um, which is software sales and, and safety software sales compared to, um, you know, the financial leasing um, of my previous life, sales cycles are much quicker. Okay. Um, so, you know, learning or, or looking at a, an opportunity and, and losing fast has become ever more important because of the transactional state of, of SaaS sales. Um, noticing when there's an opportunity that might not go anywhere and, and calling that out quicker and, okay. and realizing that and then moving on. So, you know, one thing I instruct my team is to lose early. Um, and that's, a great, then, that's a great point because too many people spend too much, so much time in sales just chasing yeah. and they don't they never find out they're actually going to get somewhere and I think it's so critical that's a great that's another great point there Matt I and mean, some of these are just a, 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 just in conversation but win fast but lose fast too right because it, there's no use just keep chasing that person's never going to come through it creates a false sense of security excellent sure. what, what makes you know, we talked about objections. We've talked about the selling is different. What makes an unbeatable salesperson? Is there such a thing, Wesley? But what makes a good salesperson? Or a, a, you, we'll call it an unbeatable salesperson. Yeah, I, I'd say um, if I look at the most successful salespeople that I've seen, they're not really salespeople. They're, they're trusted advisors. Um, they're experts in their industry, in their field. Um, they have an unwillingness to lose, so they're um, hyper-competitive people as well. They yeah. always want their name at the top of the board. They want to be on the president's trips. They want the president's trophies. They want the, you know, the rewards and the, the obviously the compensation to go with it. But they don't act like salespeople. They act like consultants almost, right? Yeah. Where you know they they build a relationship and then um, you know they're they're subject matter experts. And I think that's that's critical. There's just some of these times when we're talking about this stuff. Some of the salespeople think that. Oh, I'm a good talker. It's like really, you got it's the listener, right? And and really, the idea is that you should have already understood your product. You should now understand what your customer needs, and then be able to really assist them in making that adjustment to your product. And that's a great comment because an unbeatable salesperson is usually developed no different than your Sidney Crosby you mentioned earlier, where he's practiced and he's made sure he understood and he's made mistakes and learned from them. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, it doesn't matter the industry. I don't think it just matters the person. And I think a little bit of empathy is also really important. For they sure. have to want to do a good job for the person. Yeah. It can't be selfishly thin. Perfect. Um, what is what is what is Matt Critchell's way of selling? If that's if that's the right way to be unbeatable, how how would you say? How would people describe you when you go out there and sell, or you, how you manage, or how you ask your people to sell? Is it falling similar? Do you have some additional things you throw in there as well? So yeah, so I think where I've been successful, and you know, if you ask some of the customers that I work, is probably trustworthy. Um, but I'm also a hard worker. You know, I, I strive to be the hardest worker in the room um, all the time. I yeah. might not be the smartest person in the it's room. It's funny but, that hard work has existed yeah. right since the beginning of time. Yeah, people and, don't and, understand the hard work is probably one of the most key components. Yeah, 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 for sure. And and the way I instruct it to my team is, you know, sales isn't a forty-hour work week, right? Yeah. So, for 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 my advice for people coming into sales and looking at sales as a career would be. You know, if you're looking for a 40-hour work week, 
government work is probably more suited for them. And, yeah. and government work is extremely important. My father-in-law was in government work for 40 years. But if you're looking for that regimented schedule, it's probably that, not sales. Because evenings, weekends, it doesn't matter. Customers never stop. Um, you know, they require service. Um, so again, if I swing it back to myself, what what I've been successful with is, you know, rolling up my sleeves and going to work every day and getting in the trenches when I need to, uh, but also elevating as well. Um, but just knowing that, that my team uh, understands that no matter what it takes, I'll be there. If it's midnight, if it's 1 a.m., yeah. they need my help getting a project done. I think that um, it's a bit its a bit interesting, and I, I, I follow my philosophy is I believe sales is front-loaded too, right? Like if you if you do a really good job at the very beginning when you start your career, then it becomes easier to do as you go forward. Mm-hmm. And that hard work you talk about is really you just executing upon the ideas. For sure. And and it doesn't get easier if you start out slow. It gets harder, I think. You know, I, I often see whenever I hire people or I'm dealing with people, I often say, listen, this is the time. That first six months, this is when you're going to learn the most and gain the most. So put all the energy. For all the young people out there that are getting started in sales, make sure when you have that sales opportunity, whatever the job, even if you don't like the particular job, do everything you can to invest to learn as much as you can about selling and your product in the first six months. The rest will follow. Excellent. You know, and maybe in terms of this, what, 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 um, what, what do you like about sales? What do you like about it? You know, because I love it. What do you like about it? Yeah, I love I love the opportunity of sales. Um, every business needs sales. Um, every business revolves around sales. Yeah. It helps keep the lights on. It helps keep the staff paid. Yeah. Um, it's critical to growth. Um, I love helping customers uh, achieve their desired outcome, right? Mm-hmm. You know that we have all these different buyers that are, you know, selfishly, they have different motivations, yeah. right? They want to excel in their career. Well, we were... Um, a part of that and help them get there, right? So um, I love the opportunity that sales brings. Um, so whether you start in sales uh, and you want to go into operations or you know potentially want to go into finance, if you have that sales background, it, it's a good structure to, to elevate you into pretty much any organi- or any uh, department in an organization. You know, it's funny. I heard from a young guy yesterday, um, and he, you know, he was saying that initially when he started sales, he found it to be a grind. He was doing the business development rep. It was a grind. But as he describes it now, he says, I've got it so figured out, it's no longer a grind. I, 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 you know, it's the practice, right? And I think one of the things that I love about sales, um, and I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it, is I always feel that whenever I'm trying to hire people or teach people that even though I'm going to get you to do the work and I need you to do this stuff, the stuff that I'm going to teach you is actually going to impact your life. And I think that many jobs don't impact their life other than putting money on the table. Whereas sales is one of those jobs that really changes the way you can work your life. Mm-hmm. How do you use sales in your personal life? So if you um, ask my son, uh, <laughs> he, he's, he's three years old, but I swear he's a professional negotiator. Um, so, you know, I, I have to negotiate. What's your son's name? Uh, Griffin. And so what's your daughter's name? Elliot. Yeah, uh, I say hello to him right now. Yeah. Hi, guys. Uh, yeah. Daddy's working. Yeah. Um, um, but you know, if, if, if I swung it around to my kid, uh, kids, you know, I go home and I negotiate. So I negotiate at work and then I negotiate at home as well. And tougher negotiations at home, I'll bet. Absolutely. I negotiate, <laughs> you know, a hundred thousand dollar contracts every day, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to see what I have to do at home and how many times I lose on yeah, a daily yeah, basis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you get positive when you're at work and then you come home and you're defeated. <laughs> but at <laughs> least, you know, got yeah, you. <laughs> at least, you know, they love you. And, uh, that's so great. It's, it's exciting. But, and I uh, think that's one of the, you know, it's funny. I always say to people, you know, 
sales is like getting a table at a restaurant when they say they're full sales is you know getting yourself out of trouble whatever sales sales is everywhere it's sales is everywhere at every part of life it just so happens we do it for our career some people just just do it once in a while excellent what do you not like about sales because a lot of people are you you often hear i don't like sales people i don't like sales i don't want to do sales they're fearful of this what do you not like about sales or is there something you don't like um, I, I would say the persona that salespeople get uh, is tough um, because you know if your your sales is built around uh, networking, cold calling. You know, some people say that cold calling is dead. It, it never will be. Um, but you know, when you're you're chasing people down and you're trying to educate them around who you are and what you do, there's always a negative connotation. Um, but you know, if you swing it back to would they treat their own salespeople like that at their own company, right? Um, I think it puts things into perspective. Um, so knowing that sales is a function at their own company and it has to go out to make them successful, um, I would say that's an important one. You know, how how sales in most cases um, is dependent on economic conditions is right. tough. So I learned that, you know, uh, that hard lesson moving out to Alberta in uh, the oil and gas recession uh, of 2015-16 still to today that's still going on so um it's heavily dependent on that so it's tough right you you learn a lot about yourself you have to get creative uh in in tougher conditions when everything tightens up people don't want to spend money right they're losing their jobs and you know we're we're out there trying to to sell our souls essentially to say hey you need our product um when people are losing their jobs um is tough that's a tough pill to swallow it it makes it somewhat personal sometimes doesn't it right and they they don't realize at times that it's really not personal this is what we do for a living you know it's funny whenever i'm selling and i meet a negative person i I, one the other day i I sent an email out he's like i'm not interested in your product and i'm like okay no problem i'd like you to keep us in your database and at some point in time there could be an opportunity for us to speak and you know be able to communicate and it's funny how he was very aggressively you know i would describe it almost fearfully running away from me as, as the initial stage. And in the end, when I sent back the message, saying, oh, I, I completely understand. And I, if you had you, you know, had you said anything differently, I'd have been happy to receive that as well. But when I sent it back the second message saying, no problem, I respect that. I would like you to keep my database and I may fall for six months. His response was, oh, thank you. In other words, that the pain was not going to continue. And I think for salespeople out there, they need to realize, going back to what you said earlier about lose quickly, is to make sure you target correctly when you're calling the people, to make sure when you do call them, you respectfully understand what they're dealing with. And for that matter, then, and more importantly, have that empathy to make sure you're taking care of it. Because too many people that don't like sales don't like it because they're, they're batting zeros instead of batting, you know, hitting the home runs. So great comments. I appreciate those. In terms of, um, you've, we've talked about it and we talked about when we started that the, the enterprise model of sales and then the, um, the SaaS model of sales where is sales going? How has it changed? What's going to happen? What do you see happening here? So, yeah. So, so taking it back, when I started in sales, um, CRMs were not what near what they are today. Right. Um, you know, Salesforce was um, something that was coming on and it was getting traction. But, you know, looking at my team, they don't come out of a CRM today, right? And now what we're doing is we're start, starting to layer on sales enablement and sales optimization tools and it's really um, just making sales folks more productive. So I think that's going to be ever more um, prevalent go forward. Yep. The sales lofts of the world are great tools to just make their job easier. It's a great right? product, sales loft. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's taking the thought process out and just making sure it's more structure added to it. And, and, and it's really an enablement tool that we love. Um, 
So, you know, I, I think artificial intelligence is going to become um, more and more prevalent as well. I think if, if you don't have AI built into your company, um, you probably won't be a company um, for very long. I think letting the data speak is going to be um, extremely important. Um, data-driven decisions, let the data talk to make the decision now. Uh, yeah. Go forward is going to be important as well. It's interesting. I mean, I have... I have Lots of experience in business, but I'm finding it fascinating now how much sales has changed in this day and age. Because really, what I've found, uh, the most important thing that I've found as we've gone forward, is that um, when I was in sales, it tended to be the you know when I started uh, 35, 40 years ago in sales, it seemed to be the good talker was the guy who got the sales job, and and uh, it, it's been great to see these wonderful, intelligent people uh, from the technology field coming in and making some adjustments and helping us sales loft or the different methods to be able to grow um, uh, your, your lead database company like growth genius that helps you go out there and help to to build those situations then on top of that you got you know other companies that are using i use vidyard as a product that you know helps to do things so i find some of these tools are remarkable maybe we'll just if you don't mind just stay on that maybe talk about some of the tools you use and how you use them and that can help other people out there that are trying to build their their, their sales pipeline their sales profile yeah for sure so i mean <clears throat> um from a tech stack at our company, um, we're using um, Marketo as a marketing uh, automation tool. We use Salesforce as a CRM. Uh, we've just layered on Sales Loft. Uh, Lead IQ we use. Uh, Calendly we use to book time right in, in, yeah. in an email. Um, What's Lead IQ? I don't know that one. Lead IQ ones. is basically, uh, it's, it's a lead generation. Uh, so oh, we'll get a okay. bunch of companies that have all their, their data filled out that we can start marketing to. Excellent. Kind of like um, a Hoover's of sorts. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a DMB, something yeah. like that um, as well. Um, so what we're looking at next is really uh, data enrichment tools. So whether that's uh, Ringlead or Zoom Info, uh, things like that, just to make sure our data is scrubbed and clean. Yeah. And again, what we're doing there is just making sure we're using the most out of our BDR and sales team time. We don't want them making bad calls or bad data. We really want to clean that up. Yeah. Uh, so that's really what we're focused on next. And, and e with e-compliance, let's talk a little bit about your company and what you're doing. What does e-compliance do for its customers? Yeah, so we're a health and safety uh, platform. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we have a mobile-first application. So uh, we target our ICP, which is Ideal Customer Profile, is really um, anything uh, in a hazardous industry. So um, construction, oil and gas, mining, uh, utilities, and manufacturing. Okay. Um, so we really want frontline adoption. So we want people that are on a job site, uh, in the field, in the mine, using our app uh, to notify and be able to document, um, you know, a hazard, a near miss, an incident, things like that. So, you know, in previous where it's still um, paper and pen is prevalent in, in our industry, uh, we really want the uh, incident report, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we, we really want uh, folks being able to use that on the front lines that senior management knows about that. So the frontline folks have a, a voice right away. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't get written on a piece of paper, thrown in the bed of a truck or thrown in the floor of a truck. And then a week later, it gets reported. Um, you know, our mission as a company is to eliminate 1 million workplace incidents by 2020. Excellent. Uh, we're about 600,000 in. So we're well on our way to achieve that goal. And just one more thing is is when I made the decision to go to e-compliance, it's because of the story, right? It's because of what we're doing. Um, That's a critical one, yeah. uh, folks. It, what Matt's applying here, and I'll let you continue, I apologize, is make sure you believe in the company. It makes it a lot easier to sell, doesn't it? Please continue, I apologize. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, when I get to go home at night and tell my kids that daddy helped 
to, to save a mom and a dad or a brother and a sister, go home safe after their, you know, work day is extremely important to me. And, and I love our story and, and I'm passionate about our story. That's excellent. Yeah, I, I think it's really critical. I, I think in this day and age, you know, we, I hear at the, at the company, at the factory, we do recruiting and training. So we see that either the person get a job or at that matter, we, we help them train and become more effective and to make a big difference in, in a person's life. Uh, you know, I, I, I've worked in some of those industries. I, I, you know, at summer jobs or whatever. I remember working at a at a um, bricklaying job and um, scaffolding. I'm afraid of heights. I only got the job. I, I was great the first couple of days when we're on the low level. Time I hit the third level, the scaffolding, I had to quit because I was so scared. But that scaffolding was moving like it was like a, it was like shaking going back and forth. You were carrying the bricks, and I got to think that that was my experience for about three or four weeks of working in, in that one environment. The level of, of danger that I felt in that one situation must exist for those people all the time. And so therefore, I'd be able to create that environment to get the message to the top people right away that are insulated from it. And some ivory tower mm-hmm. is really wonderful. And, and you know, with your competitors or with your people that are facing us, what, what, what's the customer's reception to your product? Because it sounds revolutionary, evolutionary, maybe more so than revolutionary. But what's the customer's reception of the product and, and how does that go? Yeah, so, you know, obviously our market, like most markets, is very competitive. Um, it seems that there's new applications popping up daily yeah. that do it for a fraction of the cost we do. But, you know, again, where we're, we sink our hooks in is that storytelling, right? Is where we've come from, where we're going. Yeah. That that workforce participation is critical. They, they love our product. Um, you know, 30% of the business we do is from referrals, right? 20 to 30 percent annually is from referrals so that's word of mouth people telling other people that hey you need to get on the e-compliance platform what these guys and gals are doing is is really great yeah Um, or it's someone that left a company that was using our product to a new company and takes our our product with them for the salespeople out there don't underestimate what Matt just said there. That is an absolute thing. Build a relationship with the person and the company. In fact, I always used to do is I used to try and build a relationship with as many people in the organization. And I always left a positive impression on those people because you never know where they're going to be. That was your lead database. Why sure. not? They're already warm, so let's get them even hotter. Yeah. yeah, that's a great one. And I think it's, you know, in this in this day and age to be able to, I would describe it, have that intrinsic value where you're creating value for your employees, you're creating, you know, revenue for the company, you're helping pe- employ people. But on top of that, to be able to then, you know, I would describe change the future, right? Because you're, sure. you're therefore eliminating those accidents, eliminating those problems. And, you know, I've never had a tragedy, I would say, happen in my world, but I've had some challenges in my, in, in the workplace, you know, we had some issues, we got injured or whatever. And it would have been nice to be able to have something in there that would have done. That's great stuff. In terms of um, your uh, your career, I always like to highlight some people as well. Is there anybody in your career you'd like to highlight that really made a huge impact on you? Some specific person. Maybe just give them a shout out. This is always fun on this podcast. Yeah, I, I'd say uh, I've already mentioned him. I haven't mentioned him by name, but Sebastian Blondin, who was my previous president at um, Element, really accelerated my career, really gave me an opportunity to uh, step outside my comfort zone. Um, so, you know, a huge thanks. He knows it. Um, but it's wonderful, uh, you know, I asked that because, in, you know, in so many ways, the make a difference movements, of course, what I'm all about, it's all about making a difference. And I'm quite certain the people that you're working around right now, you're probably making a difference for them. And, and, and I think it's so critical, both as an employee, for sure, as a manager. Um, that you are responsible for the activities of your people in terms of the Esther KPIs. Yes, in terms of the results, but I think you have to make their lives better. So, and Sebastian, and I guess all the people that have been around you all the way along, thank you for what you've done for Maddie. It seems to have made a real big difference for him. 
That's awesome. As far as um, as far as e compliance and, and where it's going, what what do you see happening in the Canadian SaaS marketplace here? Because we're seen to be growing and improving. It was always uh, you know, what do you call it uh, Silicon Valley, and now we got a little we got a little something something going on here in Waterloo and Toronto. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I'd say with e compliance uh, in particular, you know, one thing that um, our CEO Adrian Bartha and founder, um, and then our director of marketing Nima has done really well is create a community. So we call it the safety nerd community. So one okay. one one thing that's really neat about the safety industry is that it's not competitive, right? So they people share best practices. <laughs> yeah. they, you know, they they want other people to know, hey, this is what we did, this is what we learned, and they're willing to share, which is why we really created this community. Uh, it, it was meant for sharing. Um, so, you know, the adoption we've had and, and the interest we've had in this has been remarkable. Um, you know, as a business, we hope that community will drive future business as well and make us more of that thought leader. Uh, that's really one thing that we pride ourselves on is being a thought leader in our industry. Is that well. with the white papers and the posts and stuff like that, Matt? Yep, yeah. Yep. So you'll see us release a lot of content, um, rich content, uh, as Nemo would call it. Um, we re, um, release that out to the market what, via channels, different channels, whether that's you know email campaigns or LinkedIn, things like that. Um, so the SaaS business is, is going to continue to change. It's going to continue to evolve. Pretty proud that we get to you know live in this Toronto marketplace that's becoming a hub yeah. for tech. Um, you saw Collision here, um, which was pretty exciting. Um, I know you attended that as well. Yeah. Um, but it's going to change. It's going to get faster. It's going to get more nimble. Uh, I think uh, product-led... Uh, business is going to become ever more prevalent where, you know, you're getting leads out of your product. Um, you know, one thing we do as well is we have a, a short demo on our, our website as well of our product that companies can come and see. Um, so I, I do think that uh, that'll become more more. Yeah, I, I think it's, I think, you know, Canada's really set up really well for technology because just our nature, you know, yeah. kind, good people. We're well known in the world for that. I, I'll speak for, I'll speak for, our, I believe that's what our Canadian image is. And I think I think what SaaS really is, and what I love about this new generation is that they're solving problems that have existed forever. Like the tech, you know, I, I was old enough to remember when the first cell phone came out. I got one for my uh, wedding uh, present was a uh, brick cell phone, and my father before that had a bag cell phone. It was like fifteen hundred dollars a month just to have the phone. And now we sit today. Of course, you can run your whole world. Your product's off the phone. Ours is off the. Everything's off the phone. So where are we going? I don't know. And I'm proud that Canada's done that. That was a good move. We got some smart people here in Canada. I think Toronto, I deal with some companies in Waterloo as well. Waterloo's got that nice hub. But mm-hmm. I think we're off. I'm sure that Vancouver probably has something as well. I bet you it's all over the country. For Excellent. Sure. I guess one, uh, maybe I always like, you know, how do you feel about your customer? Give me one word. You'd say how you feel about your customer. And has, has it changed for industry or is it just one word how you feel about them? So I'd say um, from my previous industry to this industry is loyal. Um, cool. In safety, um, you know, it's 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 a different industry as a whole. I think that uh, it's very relationship based still, unlike um, you know a lot of other industries where it's it's more um, economic or financial yeah. based. Um, they still want to know that you are that subject matter expert. You know, in safety, you're you're dealing with VPs of safety or directors of safety that have probably been in role for. 20 to 40 years, right? Yeah. So they know this like the back of their hands. So they want to know that. And if it's critical for them too, right? Yeah. If the mistake goes on, it's they're, they're, they're dealing with a major tragedy. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and it's emotional, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're investing in not only our product, but us uh, as a sales team as well. So um, there's a lot on the line, right? Um, you know, a lot of people's necks are on the line. They're recommending an expensive annual recurring cost. So um, it's pretty exciting to, to be able to build those hopefully 
forever relationships with our yeah. customers and our and partners. the loyalty comes from the fact that you want to be accountable to them. For sure. Yeah, you want to make sure you're there for them. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Um, this has been awesome, first of all. You know, the, the, the biggest thing about sales, I find, is that for the young people out there or, or for the people that maybe are trying to figure out if sales works for them or if they're scared of it, I, I think there's nothing to fear about sales. That loyalty, the things you spoke about, growth, these are what drives the world. Uh, what would you say to somebody out there that says they don't like sales or afraid of sales? How would you convince them otherwise? Sales isn't personal. Uh, there's a lot at stake uh, on both sides of the fence. Um, like it. Yeah. So, so you know, from from the sales individual's perspective, as you're negotiating on terms that are best for you and for your company, your prospect is negotiating on terms that are best for him or her and their company. And it might get heated at times. They might uh, tell you to get lost, um, and they don't want your services. But it's not personal. You know, they're just making the best decision with the best resources they have. And again, or just, you didn't, or you didn't displace the right information to them. For, for sure. And and you learn from that. You learn more from your losses than you do your wins. Yeah. And it's really important to decode that, right? Start start to make sense of of why you're losing and, and why you're winning. Yeah. Uh, and then relay that to the company so everyone can get better. That's something that we're strongly focused on right now is is trying to decode um, the losses and why we lose and how fast we lose and what can we do about it and who can we engage to to make sure it doesn't happen twice. So for the for the people out there, that you're saying that don't take it personally, but more importantly, engage in the process and learn the communication, learn the skills, and you learn a valuable tool. And maybe what's a lesson you'd say for the purchaser? What would you say how to deal with it? Because you're a, you're a professional salesperson. How would you recommend the purchaser? Because they get frustrated. Because a lot of some salespeople are not maybe as maybe as, as, as clever or as good, and they're frustrated or whatever. So how you how you, how are you going to ask them to deal with it? Yeah, I'd say from from the buyer's perspective, just be honest. Um, it's critical to be honest with sales folks. You know, let us down. Um, you don't need to let us down easy. Um, let us lose early. You know, if you don't intend to to go forward with our product or our company, that's fine. You know, you're entitled to that. Just let us know so that a we're not chasing you, leaving 16 voicemails, 22 emails, LinkedIn <laughs> yeah. messages. Um, you know, stalking game isn't fun. Um, so so let us know that we're no longer in the running and we move on to the next. Correct. And, and possibly the why too, right? Give yeah. me the why so I can learn from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, what would be a, you know, based on everything you've told me here today, I love your advice and your advice is simple. It's just stay consistent, be consistent, be loyal, be, work hard, grow. These are all like, you're, there's nothing flashy. It's just really consistent. What's a message that you'd give to the young people out there in the world that are getting started? Started right now, recent graduates, people, people, you know, that are just getting their, their wheels beneath them. What would you give some advice to them? Don't be afraid to try everything. Um, you know, and anything you do try, um, invest everything you got in it at every stage. Um, you know, if you're going to start uh, as a recent grad, you're going to go into a BDR role or an SDR role, which is a business development representative. Give it everything you got and trust the process. Um, don't jump for two grand or three grand uh, to the next company because you haven't completed your tour of duty yet. And if, if you want any advice of what I've been successful with is completing my tour of duty before I move on to the next. I think that's a great, yeah, can we just stay on that for a second? What is a tour of duty? Because some of these people are shifting on a, on a minute by minute basis, not realizing that that, that that in the long term doesn't fare well, does it? No, it doesn't. And, you know, I'd have to uh, give credit to my CEO, Adrian, for, for the tour of duty comment. I didn't come up with that on my own. Okay. Um, but uh, Thank you, Adrian. Yeah. You know, what it means is, is trust the process. Again, build a plan, work the plan, right? Um, don't sell out. 
um, before you've completed what you need to complete. Yeah, times are going to get tough and, and you're going to hit roadblocks and you're going to bang your head against the wall and the, the numbers and the results might not be there. But if you're putting the work in, your employer isn't going to be worried about it. You know, if, if, if they see that you're coming to work every day, you're grinding, you're doing everything you need to do, uh, it will shift. Uh, sales is a luck game too, right? It's a timing game. It's a luck game as well. Putting the right amount of time. Yeah, and, and, and things will turn around. So trust that process. Be loyal to your employer. Um, obviously, selfishly, you need to look after you first, but um, complete that that tour of duty so you can move on with conviction to the next role. And moving up. Yeah. Excellent. Exactly. Well, we're going to move towards the make a difference uh, moments, uh, parts of the elements. Um, would I be able to ask you some questions? Sure. Uh, who is a person in your world or your family that has inspired you in terms of your work world? Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Um, I'd have to probably, um, you know, in, in in my personal world, probably my mom. Um, you know, what's I, mom's I, name? Uh, Debbie. So, hey, mom. Um, but you know, I I, I came from uh, parents that were divorced at a young age, and you know, my mom basically raised me. My dad was always involved, and my dad's a great dad. Hi, dad. Um, but you know, she she's been remarkable. Um, my my whole life, she's been instrumental to my success and, and to who I am today. And um, you know, I look at, although, you know, my mom is, is really important. My dad is also equally important in just how hard he works too. Yeah. Um, you know, they just, they, they've taught me everything I know. They've always been in my corner, whether it was at a hockey game and the dead of winter, uh, they never um, gave up on me and, and always wanted to push me to be better. They still do today. Um, you know, I get a promotion and uh, they're congratulatory, obviously, but, you know, what's next and, and uh, you know, what's your next goal and, <laughs> yeah, and how are you yeah, going to achieve yeah, that? Yeah. And it's just really helped me um, be a better parent for my kids, too. Cool. And uh, who made a difference for you in your world and uh, maybe personal and professional? You can do both or you can do one or the other. Who made a difference in and my world? what did world? they do so they can understand? Because people don't understand how small, little, the smallest little thing can make a difference. And this is why I really focus on this one a little bit. Yeah, I'd say probably my current CEO, Adrian, um, he took a shot on me. I didn't come from a tech world. I didn't come from the startup world. I came from the big bulky, um, you know, organizations. Uh, he saw something in, in me and gave me a shot Excellent. Uh, to, to enter this space. So, you know, obviously I'm thankful for that. Thank you, Adrian. Um, it's, it's really helped propel me to the next stage and ultimately getting to the, you know, the rise to the VP um, which which I'm pretty proud about, and and you know um, that's exciting for me. Yeah, yeah. The, the, what does the title mean? What does that what, what does that mean to you? So it doesn't really mean a lot. My day to day doesn't change too much. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, I was doing a lot of of what a uh, I guess a VP does already, but you know, it's validation for me. It's validation that it's not like at my company someone left and then I got inserted into this role. It was this role was created for me, right? right. So You've earned it. Yeah. I, Again, I, tour I, of duty. Yeah, and I completed my tour of duty as a director and, and got to um, accelerate. But what that means to, to not only me, to everyone else, though, is everyone else around me gets to elevate now, right? So now I get to elevate my team to, to come chase after me again and, and, and help them progress to the next stage of their career, which is pretty exciting. Excellent, excellent. Um, what is something you're doing personally to make a difference, or for that matter, professionally? What are some things that you're doing? Because, of course, you, you, Adrian's obviously done this for you. What, how are you repaying it to the world? Yeah, so, so you know, what, what, what I look to do is, is try to be a mentor um, to, to people that I've met along the way. So whether they want to bounce ideas off me, they've hit a roadblock, 
they need some career advice. Um, you know, I'll give you a, a recent example. I just had someone um, resign from my company. And, um, you know, I take that personal um, because they were on my team. But, you know, I also wanted them to do what's best for them. So I said, hey, you know what? Um, although I'm, I'm sour about this right now, when you move on, I want you to come back to me and bounce things off me and let me know what you're struggling with and how can I help you elevate and, and um, let you know some of the corners that I've been in and how I navigated out of them. Yeah, I think that's a good point he said there about being sour. Um, and I don't mean to be mean to the person who left, but it's the fact that, you know, you mentioned it wasn't personal, but it is because you're taking that, in order to get that growth, in order to do the things, you've got to invest. And so when it goes wrong, you, you probably took the moment to take a look at that root cause, right? And said, what can I have done differently, right? And I'm sure you asked that of the question, right? For sure. And, and yeah. it's an open wound right now, right? It's so yeah. fresh. But, uh, you know, there will be a time where I'll reflect on that. And, and my, my company's good about exit interviews and all that. So there'll be some self-reflection that I'll do as a leader and, you know, get better the next time. Excellent. What, uh, what is something that uh, people out there that you think that you've seen or done or whatever that people can do to make a difference? Something, something that's made a difference either for you or you've seen it make a difference. What, is, what are some actions? You know, I, I always push in this and, and prodding people to do more and more because it makes a difference for people. What, what are some things maybe Matt Critch will give some advice to people out there for? Yeah, and Chris, I'll, I'll, I'll swing it back to some of the things that you do with, with the MAD movement and the Make a Difference movement. Is, it's remarkable. It's refreshing. Um, you know, the, the amount of... Um, you know, that you lean in and help people is inspiring. It inspires me uh, all the time. Um, you know, one thing I think people can do is give back, right? Pay it forward. Um, somewhere along your journey, there will be someone that has helped you propel and excel. So don't be shy to give back um, because it's going to help the next generation um, of young leaders or, or young employees, um, you know, make a difference as well. You know, as we sit here today, it's been an awesome discussion with you, Matt. I really enjoyed it. And I really noticed that that the your empathetic nature um, has allowed you to, to therefore see the other person. I didn't hear you very often throughout this message. I often heard you talk about the other person that impacted you or the way you needed to do better for that employee, maybe as far as you were concerned. And I think those are the messages that I think that I'd really like to resonate. It's not, it's not so much what Matt said, it's maybe the way he said it. That, that I think in what's most important in today's world is that, that you, I always say you take down the mirror and put up the window so you can see what the other person's going through. You can always take care of yourself. I can, you can always step back, take care of yourself, but that's fantastic. You know, I, I think one of the things that I'd like to, to sort, of, so, sort of close on is, 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 is bu business in life, work-life balance. How are you managing that? So, yeah, I'll swing it to me. I live, as you know, I live out in the country. I work downtown every day. So my commute is three hours a day, uh, which- Hour and a half a day. Yeah, hour and a half each way. Yeah. Um, hour and a half each way. Yeah, so, so I'm fully committed to, to obviously making a difference in my company and in the safety industry. Um, but work-life balance is the most important. One thing that I'll do uh, when I onboard new sales members is I walk them through the culture and, okay. and what I expect and, you know, kind of what we're building. And one of the last slides that I have is is a picture of family, right? Okay. It's not my family. It's no. just a generic Google family. Yeah. Um, but again, um, you know, what I, what I described there is that if you can't make it work at home, you'll never make it work um, at work um, because – if, if, if the stress of, of home life is, is mounting, um, you're not going to perform. So take care of the ones that ultimately take care of you. 
uh, because that is the most important thing to me with all my employees. And if you asked any one of them, work-life balance is the most important thing to me. I love my family. I love my kids. I love my wife. Um, I want to do well for them. Not not for me, for them. I yeah. want them to be proud and say, Dad, you know, you're doing it Again, all. the mirrors are down. Up, up goes the window. Yeah. yeah fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been phenomenal having you sit here and talk to us a little bit today. And and we've heard through real sales talk that in many ways, I think I'm just going to recap if it's okay. I'd like you to jump in here. Let's try and share. This whole idea is that people will listen to this and this is probably the key moments. I heard growth because it's required. I heard the status quo, which makes no sense. The status quo doesn't make any sense. Like who wants that? Like nobody really wants it. I heard um, that 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 the people impacted you were didn't really specifically do anything, but rather just invested with you, right? They asked you to invest, and then when they invested with you, it made a big difference. Is there anything else that you'd like to say out there that just to finish up on the real sales talk to say this is this is what's made me, and this is what I'm going to recommend you're going to do? Give them a, give them a, give finish up with a conclusion statement by Matt Critchell. Yeah, I think the most important thing that that people did for me was um, just give me the runway. Right. Excellent just, idea. just, just let me run, yeah. um, you know, put, put, don't put handcuffs on me, guide me in, in important times, but let me do what I do best. Um, and then let me distill that down on my team and try to empower them to do what they do best is probably been some of the best advice that, um, I've had. Um, and again, you know, my way of being successful isn't everyone's way. Nope. You know, there's, there's no right equation to being successful or, you know, a rise Success to Success is measured by different people, obviously. Yeah. yeah and it's, there's so many different factors that, that, you know, people even determine success. Some people determine success of, you know, being home at five o'clock with their kids every night. And, and, you know, that that's important. Um, but the most important thing to me is tr- again, trust the process, build the plan, work the plan. Um, and I think you won't regret those words uh, if you can do that on a daily basis. Well, my friends, we've been blessed to have Matt Critchell here from eCompliance. He's told us a little bit about what he does for a living. He told us a little bit about his family, his beautiful children. He told us about some people that have impacted his life. He's told about how he made a difference. But I think most importantly, what we heard here today was a lot of information that makes it sales is actually really come down to just living it correctly, being empathetic and doing a good job for people. And so real sales talk comes back to the same thing. It's all just real. Mm-hmm. And so I would like to thank Matt Critchell for coming in here today and sharing us your wisdom, your time, as well as um, helping some of the people out there become more successful. Thank you so awesome. much. Chris, thanks very much for having me. Appreciate it. This is Real Sales Talk. We'll see you next time. Have a good day, my friends.